Dear friend, I'm Dr. David Jeremiah, and I'd like to take a moment to speak with you as the world faces the coronavirus pandemic. There is no question we are living in a time of unprecedented uncertainty. It is unlike anything I have experienced in my whole life. And the temptation in times like these is to allow fear and worry to creep into our thoughts and to rob us of our joy. But in these uncertain times, we need to remember that God is still in control. And my prayer for you is that you are healthy, you're in a safe place and surrounded by those you love. Please keep the ministry of Turning Point in your prayers as well. We will continue to bring the healing power of God's Word to you each day on radio, television, and online. And I really hope this will be a source of encouragement to you during the current coronavirus. So be safe, be in the Word, and be in prayer. Looking back at our just concluded series, The Jesus You May Not Know, are you wondering what to do with all that you have learned? Never fear. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah shares a special bonus message with some practical tools for building a deeper intimacy with Christ than you've known before. Here's David to introduce today's special message, How to Really Love Jesus. So friends, now we've taken this tutorial on Jesus and learned so many things about him that we may not have known before, or if we did know them, we brought them back up to the surface. And now the question is, what do we do with this? And of course, the answer is you love him. You love him more than ever before. And today we're going to talk about some practical ways to do that. The message today is called How to Really Love Jesus. I hope that you will uh, take to heart the things we're going to share in a few moments. And friends, I need to tell you, this is the last day I can tell you about the Jesus You May Not Know resource package. The bundle of information that we have for you to help you process what we've been teaching is is pretty abundant. We have a beautiful 250-page book called The Jesus You May Not Know. This is brand new. We just finished it. It just came off the press as we were beginning this series on the radio. And we have seen hundreds and hundreds of these go out the door during this month. But today's the last day I can make it available. If you'd like to have this book for your very own, simply send a gift to Turning Point of any size and say, please send me the book, The Jesus You May Not Know. And when you do that, we'll put this book in the mail to you right away. You'll have it very, very soon. And uh, during these days that we're still trying to get back on our feet, this is a great way for you to prepare your heart for a reset, a restart. And I hope you'll take advantage of it. The study guide and the CD package is also available to you from our website, davidjeremiah.org. Well, here we go. This is our last lesson, and we're going to talk about how to really love Jesus. We talk as Christians about a relationship with Jesus. What does that mean? How can we have a relationship with someone we have never seen? How can we commune with someone whose audible voice we have never heard? How do we embrace someone we cannot touch? How can we love someone so abstract and seemingly so far away? Is there a connection between us and him? How is this relationship working in your life and in mine? Oh, you say, well, Pastor Jeremiah, you know we pray. 
And we talk to Jesus, and we do. And it is real to us. But the relationship, you would have to admit, is still different than any other we have ever had. Or we read the Bible, and we say that God speaks to us, and he does. But it is a rare relationship that depends solely on the written word of another. We sing our worship to him, and the manifest presence of God is felt when we do that. But isn't there something more, something else, that will answer the question, how do I really love Jesus? How do I express my love to the one who loved me with the gift of his own life? Over the past months, as I have been preparing for other messages, I have stumbled across passages that have kind of arrested me in response to that question. And they have driven me to a new appreciation and understanding of what it means to love Jesus. These scriptures have helped me to understand how I demonstrate my love for the Savior. And I have collected these scriptures for our time together around four principles that I believe provide a tremendous background for all of us as we enter into our extended study of the life of Christ. These things that we're going to talk about for a few minutes, if we superimpose them over the information we're going to gain about our Lord, they will help us to make this not a collective journey, but a personal journey. Not a spiritual journey so much as it needs to be, but a regular, everyday, experiential journey with the Lord. We will learn how to interact with him in the ways that he has defined for us in the Scripture. The title of my message is, How Do We Really Love Jesus? I know we are all very good at expressing it with our voices. We have wonderful hymns that say, My Jesus, I love thee, I know thou art mine. But how do we really love him? Well, let me suggest, first of all, we love Jesus by obeying his commandments. This is the most prominent answer to my question in the Bible. The question, how do we love Jesus? And interestingly enough, we love Jesus by doing what he tells us to do. (laughs) And the answer that we find that is so prominent in the scriptures here is primarily confined to the writings of John. Now, all of you know, John was the guy who, when he would refer to himself, he would say, you know who I am? I'll tell you who I am. I am the disciple that Jesus loved. (laughs) That was his take on himself. And everybody referred to him as the apostle of love. So we shouldn't be surprised when we ask the question, how do we really love Jesus, that the answer to that question is going to come from the writings of John. If you have your Bibles with you today, turn with me to the 14th chapter of John's Gospel. Most of the information about how we love Jesus from John comes in these central chapters in John's gospel, and a little bit of it is found over in the letters that he wrote, in 1 John particularly. So in John chapter 14 and verse 15, we read these words. If you love me, keep my commandments. I want you to say that out loud with me. If you love me, keep my commandments. Follow down in the text to the 21st verse, and notice, here's what it says. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. John 14, 23. 
Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Go to the 15th chapter of John in the 10th verse. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. John 15, 14. You are my friends if you do whatever I say. And then when you go to 1 John and chapter 2, we read this. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. Now friends, these passages are not talking about becoming a Christian. These passages are written to people who are already Christians. These passages are definitions for us of how we love Jesus. And it's so simple, and yet it's so profound. Did you ever feel the way I do sometimes? That the Word of God is so simple and so straightforward that I am embarrassed that I haven't grasped it sooner and understood it better than I have. We love Jesus by doing what he tells us to do. When I read the Word of God or I hear a message that is true to the Word of God and I put into practice what the Word tells me to do, I'm loving Jesus. If we claim to love Jesus and we do not do what he says, then the Bible says that we're not being honest about our love. On one occasion, Jesus said it this way. He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and then don't do the things that I say? That's a disconnect. That's a misnomer. Now, please hear me. This is not a guilt message, and this is not about, oh, I did something wrong this week, so I don't love Jesus anymore. That's not it. It's all about our mindset and our heart. It's all about our desire. It's all about what's within us. When we hear God speak to us from his word, do we come at that with this desire, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'm ready to do it. When we have that spirit and that attitude, we send love messages to God. We tell Jesus that we love him. It's so simple and so profound, but every parent here knows what I'm talking about. Do you feel the love of your children when they do what you tell them to do? And when you sense they're going out of their way to do it and they're doing it with a good spirit because they really are wanting to obey you? Maybe you haven't had too many experiences like that recently, but let me just remind you those do happen. <laughs> in the same way our Father in heaven is filled with joy and the Lord Jesus accepts and receives our love according to his own definition, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, here's the second one, and it's a little bit surprising. It kind of caught me off guard. I didn't really see it the first time around, but I really believe that it's at the center of this whole matter of loving Jesus, and here it is. We love Jesus by loving children. You say, well, where'd that come from, Jeremiah? Where's that in the Bible? Well, in Matthew 18, 5, we read these words. Jesus is speaking, and this is what he says. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. That's what Jesus said. In Luke chapter 9, verses 47 and 48, we read, And Jesus took a little child and set him by him and said to them, Whoever receives this little child in my name 
receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. Friends, you have not read the New Testament very long, and you have not gone very far before you discover one thing, that Jesus loved children. It's everywhere. During the time that our children's building was being built, I preached four messages on the importance of children, and much of it had to do with the love that Jesus has for children. In these passages that we have just read, we hear our Lord saying that when we receive a little child, we receive him. When we receive a little child, it's like receiving Jesus. I hope the wonderful people who serve in our nurseries and in our children's ministries get to hear this message because I want them to know that while a lot of times people don't notice what they're doing, and we're not always as thankful as we should be when we're rushing out of services to collect our kids, that someone in heaven is seeing what they do and receiving it as a love message from their heart. When they care for children and love children in the right spirit, they do it in the name of Jesus, Jesus says that expresses their love to him. Parents, when you love your children, you love Jesus. School teachers, when you love those children, you love Jesus. Jesus has a special premium on children. Thirdly, we love Jesus by obeying his commandments and by loving children. We love Jesus by serving others. And I remember when this came across to me, we were studying the life of Peter and we were talking about Peter's recommissioning. You remember how Peter denied the Lord three times and then the Lord after that last fishing expedition came to the fire and he drew Peter in and he recommissioned Peter. And the story is given to us in John chapter 21, verses 15 and following. It goes like this. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, Son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Feed my lambs. And he said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Tend my sheep. And he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things, and you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Some of the last words that were recorded of Jesus in the Gospels are found here in this epilogue to John. Some of his last words were, feed my sheep, tend my lambs, feed my sheep. These are very strong instructions, literally two Greek words that speak of building up and feeding and shepherding. And it says in essence, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And the Lord Jesus said, okay, prove it. Feed my sheep. Tend my lambs. Care for my little ones. And if we love Jesus, we will be loving his family. And we'll be seeking ways to encourage and build them up. John's reasoning about this is ironclad. Over in 1 John, he says it this way. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. Now watch this. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he hasn't seen? In other words, loving your brother is like loving God. If you're a Christian, when you love your brother, you love God. And the Bible says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, because you have love one for another. You identify yourself with God by your love for one another. There's a passage of Scripture that I think 
sets the tone for all of this, and it's up in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 10. This is what it says. Watch this. For God is not unjust to forget your work and your labor of love, which you have shown toward his name. Now, how do you show your love toward his name? In that, you have ministered to the saints and do minister. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Watch this. God is not unjust to forget your work and your labor of love, which you have shown toward his name. How did you show your love toward his name? Here it is. That you have ministered to the saints and you do minister. How do you love Jesus? Hmm. You love his people. You serve the body of Christ. Are you doing that? The joy that you have in loving Jesus by serving his people is the greatest joy you will know apart from your salvation. And if you're not doing that, you're missing out on something God wants you to know. You're not really expressing your love to him as well as you could. And I encourage you. Here's a great period of time in the calendar year to get involved. There's so many places where you could serve the body of Christ and love Jesus by serving others. Finally, number four, we love Jesus by obeying his commandments by loving children, by serving others. And here's the one that's really powerful, and I put it last so we don't forget it. We love Jesus by showing compassion to the needy. We love Jesus by showing compassion to the needy. Matthew chapter 25, verses 37 and following. This is what the Word of God says, and this is Jesus speaking. And this is about Jesus. Then the righteous shall answer him, saying, Lord, When did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. In this passage of Scripture, if you go back through it, you will see there are six characteristics of needy people. He talks about the hungry and the thirsty and the stranger and the naked and the sick and the imprisoned. Proverbs 14.31 says, He who oppresses the poor reproaches his maker, but he who honors his maker has mercy on the needy. 1 John 3.17 and 18 says, But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Friends, I know that you're going to have a harder time driving by that homeless person that stops at the intersection where you have to go by every week. And I'm not saying always give money to everybody who asks you. But what I am saying, and this is how God has spoken to my heart about this, try never to get hardened to the need and give to enough of them so that you never get out of the habit of doing it. If we all try to solve all the problems, we can't. But once in a while, we need to get ourselves into that sense where we're loving Jesus by helping those who need our help. We sensed that when we got on planes and went to Africa and planted gardens for the people over there. I don't know about the rest of you. I felt a connection with Jesus during that time that was unusual. We were loving Jesus by helping the needy. Now you say, Pastor, if we do these things that you've said today, what can we expect to happen? Well, if we learn more about Jesus during these days as we study about him, and we learn how to love him in the tangible ways we've talked about today, here are a couple of things I'd like to suggest to you we should expect to happen. 
And they come right out of the passages we've already looked at. And I'm going to do this quickly, so just hang with me. I don't want you to miss the takeaway today. What will happen to me if I really love Jesus? Well, look back with me at John 14, 21. We've already looked at this, and we emphasized the first part of it. But let me suggest to you what it says here in John 14, 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. Now watch this. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. The message paraphrases that last line like this. I will love him, and I will make myself plain to him. Here's what the Scripture says. When we love Jesus as Jesus asks us to love him, he will love us as he already does, but he will make himself plain to us. He will enter into our lives in ways that we feel his presence. He won't be an abstract person. He will be a real person who we feel present in our lives. If we love Jesus, the Father will love us, and Jesus will make himself plain to us. I know that this is true. For when I minister the word of God to you, I feel his presence. When I reach out to the needy, I feel his arm on my shoulder, urging me and encouraging me on. When I do something that he asks me to do, and it goes against my human desires, and sometimes it's really a hard thing to do, but because I love him and I want to obey him, I do it. I see God smile. He makes himself plain to me. Does he make himself plain to you when you love him? The second thing is found just a couple of verses down in John 14, 23. I love this. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Listen to me. When you love Jesus as Jesus wants to be loved, he and his Father will move in with you. The Holy Spirit is probably the one who is focused on in this passage right here. But listen to what it says. When you love Jesus as Jesus wants to be loved, the Father and Jesus will move right in with you. In other words, they will become a part of your life in a way that they have not been before. Oh, I know they already are yours by way of salvation. But what the Bible teaches is that loving Jesus and obeying Jesus, honoring the children and the poor and ministering in the church and doing the things that God calls you to do, it brings to you a new intimacy with the Father and with the Son and with the Holy Spirit. And you will begin to see that as you get involved in doing it. Some of you came back from Africa and said, somehow in that distant land with all the poverty and all the sickness and people dying with AIDS every day while we were there, you felt so close to God and you felt God so close to you. Why? You were just loving Jesus and he moved in with you and made himself plain to you. That's my hope for this series. I'm praying that while we're studying the life of Jesus and we're loving Jesus, he'll just make himself plain to us and move in with us. And let me just suggest to you that if you don't know Jesus, you can't even get involved in the hope of that because the relationship with Jesus begins when you give your heart to him. Perhaps the greatest evidence of your love for Jesus is when you say to him, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me and I receive your gift of forgiveness and eternal life. Never do I have a greater opportunity to share Jesus Christ than when I do it here on the radio. The radio broadcasts go everywhere, and it's inevitable that when I ask you to receive Jesus Christ, somebody out there somewhere hears, 
and this is your day to make that decision. Maybe that's you. Maybe this is your day. I don't know why you've been putting it off or procrastinating, especially when you have seen uh, the evidence of uh, your own inability to manage things. All of us have gone through that. We thought we were doing fine, and then a little bug from China got here, and all of a sudden everything is taken away. The, the, The floors just pulled out from under us, and we realize that as autonomous as we think we are, as powerful as we think we are, we're not. And we need Jesus Christ. He is the eternal one. He's the one from the past, but he's also the one in the present. And if you've never received him, let me encourage you to do it today, right where you are. If you're driving, get off the road someplace and and uh, sequester yourself there in your car. And, and in that privacy, you pray and ask Jesus Christ to become your Savior. Confess your sin. Tell him that you love him and that you want him to live in your life. Maybe you're driving a truck across the country. So many times I've heard testimonies of truckers. Maybe you're in prison. Maybe you're behind the, the four walls of a prison, and uh, your only uh, your only uh, input is from the radio, and uh, you're listening to this, and you don't know Jesus Christ. I ask you today to decide to make him your Savior and the Lord of your life. You make that decision. He won't do it. He won't bully his way into your life. He's waiting for you to invite him. If you will invite him into your life, Jesus Christ will come and abide in you, and you will be changed from the inside out. You will never be the same. Old things will begin to pass away, and new things will come into your life. The Bible says, if you're in Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. You're forgiven. You're free, and you're ready to meet whatever comes in the future. Well, friends, God bless you. Have a great weekend. We're praying for you. I know you're praying for us. We'll see you on Monday. The message you just heard originated at Shadow Mountain Community Church with Senior Pastor Dr. David Jeremiah. Share with us the difference Turning Point is making in your life. Write to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 70509, RPO Oak Street, Vancouver, B.C., V6M0A3. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's new book, The Jesus You May Not Know. It's written to give you a deeper intimacy with Christ and it's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your favorite smart device or if you prefer, search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries for instant access to our programs and resources. Contact us today. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us Monday for the message, Is the Coronavirus in Bible Prophecy? Here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. If you enjoy listening to Turning Point with David Jeremiah, you'll be happy to hear that there is now a daily Turning Point television broadcast that you can watch each weekday. Tune in to Faith TV, Joy TV, or Miracle Channel Monday through Friday to watch the Turning Point daily television broadcast. Be sure to check your local listings for the channel and time in your area. Or visit davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV to download a program schedule or watch at your convenience. That website again is davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV. Turning Point presents the Jeremiah Study Bible, drawing on more than 40 years of study by Dr. David Jeremiah. Take your personal Bible study deeper with unique introductions to each book of the Bible. 55 full-page articles exploring the essential themes of the Christian life. 
8,000 study notes with insightful and practical content, an extensive cross-reference system, and helpful sidebars that extend to topics beyond the study notes. You can also take advantage of online resources available to you at jeremiahstudybible.com. Great for individual or small group studies, this Bible is available in the New King James and New International versions in standard or large print, as well as the English Standard Version in standard print with several cover options. For more information or to order your copy, go to davidjeremiah.ca/jsb. That's davidjeremiah.ca/jsb.